Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. Not to tell you something. Oh, people, we're in trouble. Oh, uh, you see that? We're That's my, in trouble. My guest is already getting on. We're going to talk about football for a little bit, too. I got to tell you, though, I, was, I, was, I love that the Eagles beat the Patriots this weekend, but I was a little bummed out for this fact. All week, because me and Joanne, we go out to watch the games, but we have to be prepared to go out. And the Eagles, all week, had said on AT&T, U-verse, that the game was on at 1 o'clock. So right. like, okay, we're going to hang out, sit around, watch it. So we're sitting there downstairs, and we put the game on, and it's the Carolina Saints game, which was a fine game. <laughs> but I was pissed, because what happened was, at that time, we're like, you know what? We always go to Black Angus down the street here in Burbank, but we didn't feel like getting up. So we put it on. She is serious, so I put it on the computer. Well, there's a problem. When you're in your car listening to a sports, when you have the serious account, it's the exact game. When you sit there and you have it on your computer or your phone, it's delayed by two minutes. Right. So basically, all game I'm sitting there, I'm listening to it, and she's listening to it, and then I keep getting texts from friends going, what a play, touchdown <laughs> Eagles. And I'm going, finally, I had to tell everyone, I said, hey, guys, I couldn't go online because I always like to talk crap with friends. I couldn't right. go online because I, it would have given it up. But all day, I finally told my friends, I said, guys, listen, I am not, I'm not sitting there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not watching it live. Please don't text me. So anyway, enough about that. My guest is a football fan. My guest is Eric Allen Kramer. How you doing, Eric? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Now, you're, you're, you're a Lions fan, right? Yes, I am. That's really hard to say out loud, but uh, I've been a Lions fan. I've been a Lions fan all my life. So you grew up in Grand Rapids? I uh, yeah, born in well, born in born in Grand Rapids. Uh, lived in Kalamazoo for a while, and then my father actually played uh, pro football in Canada. He uh, played for the Calgary Stampeders, and so we uh, we followed him up there. What was that like? I mean, growing up, I mean, having a father as a, a athlete i mean it's, it's got to be something different because as you know when you're a kid and you watch football games you know you sit there and you watch right. them with your dad and then when you're watching you're watching your dad on tv or at the games I mean, it must be it must be different i think i i wish i wish i had known how special that was as a kid because you don't you think at, at that age you think everybody's dad plays pro football right. so uh uh it uh, it didn't hit me until much later in life to sort of what a what a what a unique time that was. Um, I mean, I used to bring I used to bring my friends down to McMahon Stadium, which was where the Stampeders played, and uh, we would play pickup football games on the on the field while my dad was you know had had other things going on, and uh, you know and at that age to uh, to break one you know from the twenty. Um, you're, you're, you're begging for somebody to tackle you by the time you hit the 40 yard right. line. So, uh, so, uh, the games maybe the pickup games maybe weren't as, uh, exciting as, uh, as they could have been, but it was, uh, it, it, it was, yeah, it was really, it was really a special time and it was great to, uh, hang out in the locker room with, uh, him and all his other teammates and, uh, and, uh, just. Yeah, I had I had the world's greatest collection of uh, tape and gauze that uh, <laughs> I used to I used to think that made you a football player was you taped yourself up. So uh, so before I realized that the gauze needed to go on first, I would wrap myself, I would wrap my wrists and my legs up with the tape and cut my circulation <laughs> off and wondering why my my hands and my feet were going numb. And then came the horrible part of trying to get the dang tape off yeah, that's the worst i mean it's you know even it's it's awful as an adult but he's gonna have as a kid it's done because even like a band-aid you're like you you, you would wet it you're like, oh my god it's gonna yes. hurt and you're thinking yeah 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 it's a band-aid and you're going you put your hand under the faucet <laughs> until it's like so wet where it's it's almost peeling up you're like oh okay i can take this off yeah so uh uh you know and then as uh as i got older then then i got you know then i got let in on the stories as to what that time meant to him you know and uh, it was, you know, it was unique because uh, a lot of the players weren't making money back then. My my dad always says he got out of football right before the money came in. So uh, a lot of those guys, uh, with the exception of a couple of the stars on the team, they all had summer gigs. So uh, my dad worked for uh, worked for a uh, concrete company during the summers, and then he'd, uh, he'd he'd be back in playing football in the in the fall. Now you're a big guy. Now, were you playing football in high school? Because it's because uh, I always think it's like 
you know, you, you went into acting. I know you got your uh, your degree in acting in, in, right. in Edmonton. But now, as a kid, did you want to play football and follow in his steps, or did you play? Oh my God, I, mean, I wanted to play. I wanted to play football in the worst way. I uh, I did play. Uh, I played a lot of uh, football and basketball uh, uh, going through going through high school, and about halfway about halfway through high school. Um, it, it, it occurred to me that maybe acting was a, was an option. And, uh, uh, for me, for me, it came down to a decision, uh, in my senior year where it came down to a decision between doing the, doing the, doing the school play or playing on the, uh, playing on the senior basketball team. And, uh, and I chose acting, which made my father insanely unhappy. Uh, but I, I think at that point cleared up a lot of uh, what I was thinking in my head at the time as to who I was and as what I as to what I really wanted to do and and uh, and where I wanted to go. As a kid, how did you get introduced to acting? I'm trying to think because you know, I mean, were you watching Second City? What were you watching that brought you into this world? You know what? It just it 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 really did sort of it just started with. Uh, it started with uh, drama classes. Started with drama classes in uh, in junior high and uh, and continued into uh, and continued into high school. And it was something that felt uh, it was something that felt very natural. It was uh, a lot of fun to make people laugh and uh, and, uh, and 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 feel things. And I it was something that I felt at the time that I had. Uh, a lot more control over um, because there was a lot of uh, you know there was a lot of plays that would go to school festivals and so uh, uh, a lot of what you picked was you know was 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 driven by your group or by yourself and so um, I, I really discovered uh, you know I really discovered during that time what uh, what I liked and uh, and gave me a touch at uh, you know at, at directing writing I mean even at even at that age. So it was all very, it was all very exciting. And as much as I loved uh, football and uh, and athletics, I felt that uh, I felt that where I belonged was uh, was in acting, in entertainment. So you went to college for it. Yeah. And you started, I guess, as it says, it you learn a lot when you're in college. I mean, but some. Oh my God! Yes. I mean, that was a, was it something? Because some people say they don't feel that it's helpful all you learn, but some people say it's great because you do learn theory and stuff like that. What was your experience? You learn. You learn a lot about yourself, and uh, and you find that I, I I found that for me, um, for me I didn't realize how how young I was going into that going into that environment, and it it, it probably would have uh, helped me out to have maybe had a year or two of university under my belt before I went straight into a theater program. Cause I think, um, the, the theater, there was, there was two, I went to, uh, I went to the, uh, I, I got my BFA at the university of Alberta. And, and at the time there were two places you wanted to go. You either wanted to go to the U of A or you wanted to go to the national theater school in Montreal. And I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to get into the U of A. Um, uh, looking back on it now, I, I think I was a I think I was a little young and maybe uh maybe 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 a little immature for everything that was coming my way for certainly the first couple of years of that program. And uh and uh yeah, I I think I I found myself sort of uh caught in uh you know believing everything that was told me and it was a concentrated program. They had uh, they had like they only took 16 in the first year, they cut it down to 8 in the second year. And so on top of, on top of everything else that you're being taught, you're essentially living with the same eight people. And it was a four year program at the time. We were the last of the four year program. You're essentially living with the same eight people. Right. Because you're there 14, you know, you're there 12, 14 hours a day because you have your classes in the morning and throughout the day. And then you have the, the shows that you're rehearsing for at night. So, um, it, it's, uh, it it becomes very uh, it becomes very intense and uh, and and very emotional and uh, I uh, you know some of it I handled well some of it I I didn't handle well at all but I guess that's part of growing up you know so now when you end, you end up, when you graduate college you want to pursue your career now now you're living in Canada 
Now, mm-hmm. how do you sit there? Do you think you want to stay in Canada to do the TV? Because I know I had Jeremy Ratchford on who was from Canada who did right. the TV up in Canada. And now it's like, I mean, because you want to act in short, or do you want to stay in theater? And I know you also also did fight training too. Yeah. You got into that. Yeah. Did you- I- I I did uh, I uh, yeah there was a bunch of stuff I had my hands in at 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 the time when I was there, um, uh, you know theater was what theater was what you wanted to do uh, anything uh, as far as film and television went that was bonus and if you got if you got something in there great but uh, but the great uh, the great part about that time was uh, was the the country really supported its writers and uh, and you know was always in search of the Canadian identity and what that was and and who we are so there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of grant money available um, uh, the theater communities were very well supported and so uh, for me it was a very exciting time uh, there was a lot of theater going on and specifically there was a lot of new works going on uh, which was really fun and really exciting and you just felt like uh, you were you're at you're on the ground floor of something special um, you know, when you weren't doing shows, you were you were workshopping new plays and and meeting new writers and and uh, and you know helping helping take these shows someplace. So uh, I I really had no thoughts of going anywhere else. I was I was really you know I was happy there. And there was a lot of places within Canada that you could go from the west coast to the east coast, from Toronto to Vancouver to Calgary, Edmonton had a had a great theater scene um and so there was there was lots of work and uh and uh lots of fulfilling work and you know between all this i would do fight workshops where i would come in and and choreograph uh sword uh sword fights or or you know any kind of hand-to-hand any kind of uh stage combat that that shows required uh i studied under uh, uh a great man uh, Jean-Pierre Fournier, who, uh, who is still doing it, uh, up in Canada. Great, wonderful man who, uh, who, uh, who gave me my, uh, start and got me, uh, some really nice footing in regards to that up there. Um, yeah. So, uh, when I left and when I came to Los Angeles, it happened on a complete fluke. I wasn't looking for it to happen. What happened? I mean, what, how did how did it end up coming? Because you're sitting there, you you seem to be very happy up in Canada, and now uh, and you say a fluke, which is you know, did you get a job? It's uh yeah, you know what? But I got it, I got it in a really backhanded way. Uh, uh, when I was in Canada, I did a show called The Foreigner with Gary Sandy of WKRP. Um, we had a lot of fun doing the show. Gary and I got along great. The show ended. He went back to L.A. Uh, I, in fact, Gary and I had even t- had, a, had a conversation over drinks one time about, so, you know, do, do you think LA is something you'd like to try? Because I was an American citizen and I said, I, you know, I said, I'm, I'm really happy here. I said, there's, there's lots going on. There's, you know, maybe some, maybe someday down the road. Uh, so he goes back to LA. Uh, now it's, it's a little while later and I'm touring with, uh, with the Rocky horror show and, uh, and uh, we all think we have a bunch of work. We're in Edmonton right now, and we all think we have a bunch of work coming up because we're supposed to go to Toronto with the show. And uh, I think I'm remembering this right when I say with like a week to go before we're supposed to head to Toronto, uh, there's like a water main break in the theater or something, and it takes the theater out. The theater's ruined. And so suddenly we've all got nowhere to go. Uh, and we've all turned down jobs, so now we're all we're all really out of work. So we do the last show. We do the last show of Rocky Horror. Uh, that's it. Have the cast party. I wake up the next morning, uh, not knowing what the hell I'm gonna do. Uh, Mid morning, I get a phone call, and it's Gary Sandy, and he says. I'm down here in LA. I'm at La Mirada Theater. I'm doing the Foreigner. The guy that is playing your role just got fired. Uh, I told them that uh, I told them that you know I did the show with you. You know you know the show. You're an American citizen. Uh, do you want to come down to LA and and do a show for a couple of months? And I said, um, well, it just so happens I'm right. no longer working. Yeah, no, I it would be great. So he puts me on the he puts me on the phone with the producer. Uh, a plane ticket is bought, and that afternoon, uh, after having closed the show the night before, I'm on a I'm on a flight to uh, I'm on a flight to Los Angeles. 
and uh, and Gary Sandy he puts me up in his guest house. He was everything good that's ever happened to me here. I I owe to Gary Sandy because he's the whole he's the whole reason I'm here. Uh, I wound up I wind up doing the show uh, with him, and uh, if so, we 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 did it into the fall, going into the winter, and so his agent sees me, and uh, and liked me, and said, you know. Uh, this thing called pilot season happens here in January. Um, do you want to come out and give it a try? Now, I was supposed to do a show in Vancouver in January, but I thought, well, this kind of seems like fate. So yeah, maybe, like... maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> this is maybe this is something I shouldn't ignore. Uh, so I went back to Canada, made arrangements to get out of the show, and actually had a, a very good friend of mine at the time fill in. Um, and, uh, and came to LA and, uh, was there for pilot season. And within the first couple of weeks that I was here, uh, landed, uh, the incredible Hulk returns and I've been here ever since. So now you were the Hulk, I'm guessing. <laughs> no, they would, I played, uh, I, played so big. I, mean, I played Thor Okay. and, uh, and Lou, uh, who I love oh, Lou okay, Ferrigno. Okay. Oh my God. And he was, you know, I may have been big at the time, but Lou was like the biggest he'd ever been. He'd been he was like two seventy and just ripped and and built and you know made me look like I've never worked out in my life. Um, but yeah, so within uh, within that within a very short time span, I had uh, I had uh, left Canada and come back to the U.S. Now, what's that like, though? I mean, you come here, as you said, you came as on a fluke. I mean, let's be honest. You know, the the, the chances of a theater getting destroyed, I mean, destroyed, not right. letting it go, and the chances of Gary Sandy, he became friends with, having his guy he knows, co-star, get fired. I right. Mean, and then for you to come in and just walk into a pilot, you must, you must have sat there and said, you know, you must have felt blessed. Yeah, no, felt incredibly blessed. I my whole career has sort of been, uh, you know, I define it as being uh, lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time. And there are there are a few events like that in my life that have that have happened. That um, I, I I mean, I don't know if I believe in fate. I don't know if I believe in in whatever it is. But certainly there were two or three instances in my life where doors were pushed all the way open and I felt like I had several hands on my back like pushing me through going this is this is an opportunity idiot take it what was the what were those other instances uh they had uh well I'll, t I'll tell you I uh I uh I went to uh I was shooting a I was shooting a movie in uh, in Italy and uh and I'd made some friends I'd made some friends over there and uh and uh had gotten uh had had gotten a phone call from my agent back in the US um, saying they, uh, they would, uh, like you to come in and, and, and audition with, uh, Judy Ivy for this, uh, for this pilot, um, that they're shooting for NBC. And I said, okay. Um, but while I was there and while I got that phone call, uh, these friends I'd made in Italy said, we would really like you to come and do, and, uh, do this other movie and, uh, and, and quoted me a price, which evidently I misheard over the phone and seemed insanely low. And I went, you know what? It would be a lot of fun, but I got this thing back in LA that might happen. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to, uh, LA. So I backed, uh, so, so I backed, I backed out of the movie and then, uh, and then like a couple of days later was talking to the guy that had made me the offer. And, uh, and I said, yeah, I said, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, 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 I just don't think I could, you know, hang around here for that kind of, you know, for that kind of money. And I quoted him the price and he said, that's not what I said. I offered you, you know, and it was, Much more. you know, like 10 times more. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, we've already, we've already, we've already recast. And I went back to the United States feeling like an idiot, but wound up, uh, wound up becoming part of a show called, uh, down home with, uh, Judy Ivy and Dick and Matthews. We were, uh, Ted Danson's first show with his, uh, production company that they set up, uh, with him. And down home is probably hands down one of the best experiences I've had in Los Angeles. Why? It was just because the cast. Was great just cast, great cast, great writers. It was just, 
uh, it, it was just a uh, it, the feeling on set is is something that uh, you know I've I've only felt uh, I've only felt like a few times uh, here out in LA where uh, where everybody is sort of really close. It's you know it it really does is cliche, but it does. It just feels like it just feels like family and um, great part uh, always fun stuff to do i mean everybody got everybody got great stuff to do on that show and uh and that's one that i will probably that that's a project i'll i'll carry with me till till i'm till the day i go what was what was what was your role going to be in the italian movie oh my god it was some you know it was some heavy some hitman something you know what it was it was going to be i was going to be working with yule brenner as like his you know as like his henchman i love i love when you hear like some of these movies overseas like they have like like they say like marvin hagler the great boxer is like a huge uh action star in like, right. germany and it's always funny because you think they find someone and you're big guys they're like okay we need someone big who's you know recognizable and they go oh we'll put him with yul brenner right it's just, like, and it's just it's so funny how they cast him and how people in other countries they watch this stuff and they just have a it's it, it must be, and for you i mean it must be crazy because have you have you done other stuff overseas uh very little i mean i've uh, uh you know a couple of things but not uh, but not a lot everything has been uh everything has been uh, i would say the majority of my career has been here in los angeles now after hope uh after the the show you like like uh what was it home uh, yeah, down home. Down home got canceled, or did it? And it would happen. What happened there? We. It was just. It was one of these shows that. Um, you know, they for whatever reason, it just felt like we never really got a fair. It like we never really got a fair shot. I think we originally premiered after Cheers, and I think did the best like post Cheers numbers that they had never seen, and then you know we wound up on Saturday night at you know 10 30 in the evening and uh and uh you know i just i i think for what we were i i i think that's a show that could have been you know that's a sh- i i really feel that's a show that could have been like friends or wings or cheers or it just had it just had that chemistry it's always it, that always stinks when that happens you know when you sit there and especially because i get that a lot that's you know so many actors had such a great experience on the show. When, when actors, and my feeling is, when actors say they had this great experience on the show, it you're you know, especially because I know from talking to people that you know it was a pretty damn special show. Yeah, and it's not like you know, you know, some people go, oh, I was on that, show. you know, you know how it is. And there are shows, yeah, there are absolutely there are shows that you have a lot of fun on. There's a lot of shows that you feel great doing. There's a lot of shows that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of shows that, uh, you know, uh, is a good time, but you know, you're also aware that maybe you're not doing, <laughs> you're not doing, you're not doing maybe one of the best shows that's ever aired, but, uh, but everybody on it is great and you have a good time. But, uh, but a show like down home was, it was, it was just one of those, it was one of those shows where I just felt everything was working from, uh, from the actors to the writers, to the producers, to uh, everybody it was just uh, it was a really good show now you've done a lot as i look at your resume you've done a lot of uh comedy work and now yes now, now which you know is for me it's always like you're a big guy a lot of times people don't think you know and people he's he's like he looks like a he looks like a linebacker you're what six three uh six three yeah and and he's 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 big i mean he, he could like break me in half and throw me out the window <laughs> but now now is it is yeah it if my knees hold up on it, the way over to you is it is it uh sometimes do you feel that in comedy because your size can be intimidating because people you know when they sit there they they don't know what to let like when it's a big guy there used to be a comic named rich franchese back east that was big and he is a big and and people aren't used to that people aren't used to like like people comics aren't a big guy i mean how did you end up getting in a lot of comedy roles because you know for you know your size. You think you you could be a menacing person, and you play menacing people. But you have a time. Even Darman, Greg, Malcolm, and Eddie. I mean, all these shows. You were in, you were an episode of Cheers. You know, these yeah. different things. I mean, did you were you happy to do the comedy, or did you like playing the? Oh my god, guy? yes. Oh my god. I mean, you, you you walk into like I think the moment I landed in L.A., everybody kept telling me that you know I was going to be the heavy. You know that most of my lines were going to start with you know drop the gun, Magnum, right. and. Uh, <laughs> And, and, and that was going to be the direction I was going to head, but it was always, uh, you know, it was always the, you know, the, the older, slower brother, the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the linebacker, the, you know, the, you know, the, the, the dad that his kids feel just don't get it. Um, 
and I think there's a, I, I think there's a, I, I think there's a lot of fun in watching big guys have uh, a lot of heart and uh, and uh, be vulnerable in situations. And I think uh, I think there's a lot of comedy to be found in that. Now, in your career, some of your heavies though, you got you got to be in a uh, true romance. Yeah. Now, what was that like? Because it's it's like that was that's one of those movies that is such a cult. And I mean, I don't know if you know this, but in Burbank, every year they do a uh, screening. This oh yeah, they do. They do. I've been invited to those, but I haven't been able to make it okay. yet. But no, what's that like? Because you know, it's one of those movies that like when it came out, no one really knew who Tarantino was because he wrote it, and no right. one knows. And now looking at it, it's one of these. It's it's become like for I'm sure film students and other people a cinematic like classic like everybody for the type of movie was which is a great movie but right. when it came out no one think it would become this legend and what's it like when you were as i always say i mean was tarantino on script at all on set at all or no he was just, no like, no not at all and uh it was i had just uh i had just come back from doing a road movie in canada that was that was so low budget i mean we were all living out of a winnebago doing this road picture going across uh, uh going across alberta and uh, so I went from that to this, which suddenly had uh, a lot of money and a lot of cameras. And it was sort of, uh, you know, the big the big shootout scene was uh, at the end was just insanely staged. I mean, it was we started shooting north and then just went around clockwise uh, all the way around the room. And so uh, uh, to see to, to see the disaster that room became by the time uh, filming had stopped. But I don't think anybody thought it was going to be the film that it turned out to be in regards to how it uh, in in regards to how it it's looked at now, you know. Uh, I mean, I love that movie. It's got it's got like it's got like two. It's got like a couple of my favorite scenes in movies. Which, uh, which and that, what? Well, obviously the one with Hopper and Walken, which is oh. I could I could watch that I could watch that on a loop for days uh i you know i love that and then i just i i just love the end of that movie where everything just goes where everything just goes to hell i mean when they shot me up they had i was loaded with so many squibs like i i felt like i was wearing football gear and i had a i had a uh, i had a you know i had I, I had cable coming out of my pant leg that looked like you know old telephone cable that they used to lay at the bottom of the ocean and uh and i remember and i remember just being nervous as hell about it too because i had no idea what was going to happen and 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 no idea like what to do and uh and the and the guy the special effects guy that that set me up i remember like right before we started rolling he uh i said so what i said what is going to i mean i don't know and he sort of put his hand up to calm me down and he looked at me and he goes just take your hits i said Okay. All right. And so when action came and when and when all the squibs started going off, I mean it just it it felt like it felt like you were getting shot up. You had you had no I mean all the all the reaction to that just comes so natural and so so it it all suddenly feels like it it's really happening. And uh but uh but yeah, it was uh, that uh, that movie was uh, was a lot of fun. Now was it did one take the killing? When you got shot, or did you have to? When I got shot, yeah, but I mean, there were there was a lot of that as it uh, you know as it went around the room, and then uh, and you know there's all sorts of things like they were supposed to blow my head off at 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 the end, and they just sort of ran out of time, you know, because they were cramming so much into that scene by the end. How great would that be, though? I mean, seriously, like as an actor, because everyone I know, everyone says they love they love getting killed because they said it's just cool unless you get hurt, unless you know. But when you get killed in such a crazy way and then everyone remembers they go hey right man, when you got your head blown up, <laughs> i mean none, none, i mean would you have loved that as an actor oh my god yes i mean it, it is fun and then sometimes it isn't i mean they had uh, uh this 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 one movie i played uh, you know like a cyborg that gets killed and so they had to do uh a full body cast of me which was really one of the most because of my chest hair and everything else there's not enough vaseline in the world to get that smooth enough you know to start putting plaster over and so i would get these body casts made and it was just the most painful experience in the world like pulling these things off and it's you know and, it, and it's hours in the makeup chair for you know 30 seconds of 30 seconds of filming 
So yeah, there's a, you know, there, there, there's always a lot of fear that it's not going to go right. It's just, you know, all this prep work for, for one moment. Now, have you killed a lot of guys on on the screen? I think I have. I, I, I think I've certainly killed my share. Now, is that, is that, is that, <laughs> is that a cool feeling though? Cause you always think, we go back to when, you know, when you're a kid and you talked about how you, you know, you were in the locker room as a kid, you know, and the thing for like kids is cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians and sports. That's basically right. most, what most boys like growing up. And so when you sit there and when you're a grown man and you get to kill somebody on, on a screen, not like going pow, pow, or with a stick, boom, boom. Right, right. I mean, that must be, a, that must just be a, a like a, a child. And it sounds awful to say a child of fantasy because like my child of fantasy was to kill somebody. I mean, not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that must just be an amazing feeling to sit there and say, wow, I'm doing this. I'm getting paid to, to kill somebody, make believe, of course, that when I did when I was younger. Well, it's like I say, I've always been uh, I've always been a big fan of uh, of the fight game, you know. So uh, with all the fight choreography and stuff that I did, that a lot of times you get when you you know when you get into these situations where you know the script calls for you to take somebody out or to beat somebody up, um, I I've always found I've always found great joy in how are we going to do it. You know what I mean? Arriving on set and seeing what's available and what you can play with and what uh, and uh, and and how you can make it work. I just did a uh, uh, I just did a, a a commercial last year uh, that turned into this huge uh, brawl inside this cafe. And uh, 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 you know we went over to uh, Action Factory and worked out like a lot of the stuff, and that was fun. But it's always when you arrive on set and see what's actually there uh, in regards to the bars and the chairs and stuff, where you go, oh, I could do this. No, I could do that. Oh, I could take you, and you could do. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the moment that's really exciting and, and fun. How did you get, how did you get that whole interest of the fight game? Like, how did you get the interest of doing that? I know just learning that and training them. Do you, do you train people? I mean, it did... was part of, you know what, it, it, it was part of what we took in school. We took, uh, you know, we all learned, uh, we all learned sword play. We all learned hand to hand. And uh, 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 J.P. Fournier had brought in uh, this fellow by the name of Patty Crane, who, uh, if you ever want to read a great book, More Champagne, Darling, um, is his book. And it uh, and it it details his life. And he's worked with Errol Flynn. And he's, you know, uh, just this great, great man who's worked with Hobbs and everybody uh, overseas. And, uh, you know, he was uh, he was the fight master over at uh, Stratford. And, uh, I just, uh, I just, I fell in love with this guy and, uh, uh, spent a lot of time, a lot of extra time, uh, on my own learning from him and from JP and, uh, and, uh, and it just became, it just became, uh, another part of my life and another part of my career. Now, have you ever, have you ever gotten, you know, with your choreography actually taking a hit that you didn't expect was going to happen. Oh my God. Yes. No, I've been, I've, I've been caught zigging when I should have been zagging. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I got, I got stabbed in the guts once with a, you know, with a rapier and that, I mean that, you know, that, that stuff happens. Have I ever been really hurt? No. I mean, just uh, little accidents along the way. It's just, it's crazy you know, when you think about it. Cause, cause these fights look so real. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, as loving movies, me and my friends used to always say, like, the best fight scene was They Live. I mean, at the beginning right, of that. Right, right, which right. was just such with Roddy Piper and the other gentleman. And, and you sit there, and, and when you watch it, I mean, you know it's stunts. But it's just, it's amazing that the choreography that goes into it, because it's not just, like, sitting there going, hey, I'm going to fake punch you, you're going to do this. You can't do that, because someone's going to get right. thrown off. So, I mean, it's just amazing to be part of that. It must be awesome. It's uh, you know, it's it, it's like any, it's like creating, uh, it's like creating dance, and uh, uh, you know, with with me and a lot of the guys that I've worked with, you know, fights all have, I mean, it's uh, uh, the fight itself is a story, you know, the fight starts somewhere and it and it and it heads somewhere, and uh, the most exciting, uh, the most exciting fights, uh, you know, tell a story, tell a story within the fight. Um, and, and of course we've just got, we've gotten to the point now where it looked like, I just saw Creed the other, the other day and the boxing scenes in Creed are really what I've always wanted boxing scenes to look like in movies. It just, it all looks like it's really happening in the moment. I mean, just beautifully shot those fight scenes in Creed. 
I gotta say it. I said I'm, I'm, I love all the Rocky movies, and it's just I'm, I'm sure as it's it's, it's it's really good, and and Stallone is Stallone is fantastic. Say he might it. get nominated for a Best Supporting Actor. He's fantastic in it. It's really just it it's it's really an enjoyable it's really an enjoyable time at the movies. The UPS guy just came about <laughs> it once. Uh, so no, no, it is also, Christmas. Yeah, exactly. That's not for me. It's for the station. You now you were an episode of Seinfeld too. Yes. Now, now, what was that like? Because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, and, and and it was the Kramer episode. And it was, yeah. And so, I mean, and now, you know, people I'm sure recognize you, but any, I mean, but you had a, I believe you had a bandana on it. Right, but it's funny how many people recognize my voice in that. So well, that must be weird, because I mean, when you're getting cast or something like that, I mean, you're 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 you've been in a bunch of shows. Did you know when you went to the audition that you'd be your face to be covered, or how does it happen? I think you, uh, you, uh, I mean, you. Well, you never feel that the sides you get when you audition are the whole is the whole scene. So when I get sides that say my face is completely covered, I think, well, you know, they're they're bringing they're bringing people in to audition. Uh, there's obviously got to right. be more to it than this. Uh, but no, but that was the uh, uh, that was the scene, and uh, and it, it was funny after that show aired because I never really talked about it with anybody. But it was funny after that show aired how my phone started going off with people going. I could swear, I could swear that was you. I could swear that was like your voice. And uh, I, you know, I never thought my voice was that distinctive, but obviously it was because, uh, you know, people who had no idea to look for me in that show uh, thought it was me. See, that's just crazy because that is also people, especially for that show, because people watch the episode so much. And now because it's on Hulu, it's like for, for everyone who's in those shows, it's a whole new audience of right. people seeing it that you know the kids didn't really watch Seinfeld and they did but they'd be watching it now they, the kids enjoy it right because they understand that it, I've talked to people who say they understand that it's retro because you know there are no cell phones and if there was cell phones no Seinfeld episode would ever happen right they <laughs> Kramer would have never got on your bike he would have called them he would have gone back you know right but uh, so I mean so so when you recognize now do you get recognized a lot we'll talk about good luck Chuck's I'm sure you, I mean uh, good luck, Chuck. I'm going crazy today I'm out of it. Your latest show. Uh, good, good, good luck, luck Charlie. Because I'm sure you got really recognized in that because kids recognize amazingly. People. Yeah, and and oddly enough, and and oddly enough, uh, uh, the parents as well. Like we were a. I get. We'll we'll get into talking about it. But that was a show that was set up to be like a a, a family show that the whole family could watch could watch together. So now it seems you're constantly working. You know, through your career, constantly work. Then you also yeah, it's it's up and down. I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been. Uh, I I think I'm at the point in my career now where uh, you know uh, people who stop me on the street know my know my career better than I do. Well, now now the Hughleys, you were on that, which must be great because it was a sitcom and it lasted for a while. So I mean, did now when you went into that role, did you know it was going to be like a lot of times people say they go into a role and they think it might be. Uh, one or two episodes and then it recurs and you're on for, for a while yeah no 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 I, well it was set up i mean uh it, it was set up as a series regular when i went in when i went into audition and uh you know it was you know the the hugelis was one of those shows that you could just tell the network and everybody was you know they they were looking at it a little longer and a little harder than they were uh some of the other shows they had uh coming down the pipe but uh, but again, that was a uh, you know that was uh, that was uh, that, that that was another really fun great group. Uh, DL, who I still bump into every once in a while uh, over in my neighborhood, and uh, uh, you know Marietta DePrima, who played my wife on that, who I dearly dearly love, like one of my favorite television wives ever. <laughs> so um, yes, because now I'm uh, now I'm collecting television wives and I'm collecting television children. So. There you go. Well, that's good though. See, that's better than collecting, you know, you know, skulls. You know, <laughs> now, what's it like when you know? And I always talk to people about this. Cause it must be a feeling when you when you got the Hughleys, and then when the first season, you know, because everyone worries, and then you know the one, you know, you would, everyone has shows that have been canceled that they thought were the best thing ever, and right. and you have to have like that. You must be a little trepidatious when it comes up to renewal time. Did you know right like? early in the season of the Hughleys, the first season, it was going to get renewed or what was the course of path for that show? Well, we had, well, uh, you know, we bounced from, you know, we bounced from ABC over to, uh, you know, over to another network. And I, I think there was always a sense, there was always a sense of that show that we were, you know, we were, we were, we always felt like we were going. Uh, we just didn't necessarily know where. 
Um, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, for, you know, for the, for the time we did it, um, it was, uh, it was, uh, it, it, it was a really good, it was a really good time. And again, that was a show where, you know, everybody gets fun stuff to do. And when that's, you know, when that's spread out, it, it, it makes for a really, uh, makes for a really fun set. Now, with all your acting and TV and movies, do you still get to do theater, or do you miss theater, or do you have the opportunity to do it? It's uh, it's really for me uh, between because you know I'm a single dad now and everything else. It's uh, it, you know, theater in LA is 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 hard to do. I mean, you can do it, but you know, the money to pay the bills is in film and television and it's, you know, and it's the reason everybody's here, but I've done, I, I, I've done, I, I think I've done my share of, of stage here. I, we've, uh, I was part of a, a theater company called Anteus that's still going strong. Uh, in uh Tony, Tony Amendola. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he was on it a while ago and I know someone else who was involved in that. I forget who. He was just on my show. Another guy said, "Oh, Antius." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was part of the original company for that, and uh, and we did Wood Demon at the Taper, and uh, you know we did Mice and Men and a bunch of other shows, and and uh, and uh, and a lot of workshops. Uh, but some insanely talented, wonderful people uh, associated with that company. John Prosky. Prosky. Uh, John Prosky's involved uh, in in that as well. A uh, really great group of people, and uh, and you know I've done I've done a couple of other things, but it's been but my my focus has really been film and television here. What's it like though going to back the theater? Like because you, you started out in the theater, and you you know as fluke things happen, you end up coming to L.A. and followed and had a successful career in TV and movies. And, and then if, if you never met Gary Sandy, you could have still been doing theater in in Canada, and doing yeah. great. But what's it like when you leave theater and you you become successful in your trade in a different median because you know it's not the and then to go back to do theater is it refreshing or are you like wow this is what they did you like this was great or you sometimes go man this is really different and you lose your chops because you're I, going back i think everything well i think every experience is unique whether it's film television or or stage um you know when i when i when i've gone back to do stage i've been i've been i've been lucky enough to been shows to to do shows that uh that i i really believed in and i i really enjoyed um so so the experience is great i think every actor uh i think every actor needs to needs to be on the boards and certainly uh at, at some point certainly if they're starting their career i think uh i think it it just should be mandatory that you do stage and have that experience and have that working experience with everybody and uh and you know as uh, as you get along in your career it's 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 good to go back and yeah and recharge and 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 you know keep your chops up and 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 just have that experience because there's no there's nothing uh you know there's there's no equivalent to uh being in that moment in front of a live group of people uh, there's there's just there's nothing that uh there's nothing that uh demands more of you or is or is more satisfying i think than that okay a little earlier you said there was a few instances that luck one was the italy incidents well and what were, right. what was another one uh the other was the uh the other was the gary sandy thing and then uh and then it's just been you know again it's just been it's been finding myself in uh finding myself in shows like with uh uh uh, when I got Men in Tights, was the uh, was the same thing, and uh, it it was it, it was it was one of those it was one of those situations where I really just sort of I I just sort of backdoored my way in uh, because word was that Mel had somebody that he really wanted for the role, and uh, and uh, it it was almost it was I was almost brought in as a. a you know, as, as, as like a courtesy to somebody, you know, that, okay, he can come in and read, but really the role is going, is going over here. And I went back in for that, uh, good Lord, four, four or five times, um, uh, before I got it. The last time I went in, actually, uh, I decided that I'm just gonna, I'm, and I never do this. I don't, I don't, when I go in and audition, um, I don't, you know, I don't dress for the role. I don't, you know, I try and go in neutral and just try and, 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 and just try and have them see me in it. Uh, not so much that I don't think, 
uh, you know, I, it's not that I believe that dressing up is a bad way to go. It's just for me personally, I just I feel like I'm uh, I feel like I'm faking it. Right. So uh, so I just try and go in. But but when they called me back in for the last time for uh, for men in tights, I, I was like, you know what? I have to do I, there's obviously there's something they're not seeing or there's something that there's something I need to do to convince them that because now now I'm feeling like I have a chance at it. So, uh, so I went and I bought like a, a ton of crepe hair. I took, I took every, every makeup, all the experience I had in makeup class in theater school. And I went and I bought a ton of crepe hair and, uh, and I went in my bathroom. Uh, I was living in sort of a little condo setup at the time, little, little, little two-story job. And, uh, I was up in the, I was up in the bathroom and I put on this enormous flipping beard and uh, and did my hair up and just tried to think well maybe it's uh maybe it's the uh, maybe it's the look and then uh, and then left my condo to pick something up and locked myself out with my <laughs> keys and stuff still in with you know and it's it's time it's time to go it's time to go for the uh it's time to go down for the audition and now I'm locked out of my house I've got I've got all this flipping makeup I look like I you know, I, God only knows what I look like, but it, it, it looks like there's something really not right with me. And, uh, and I remember I had to go, I had to go to my neighbor and, uh, and knock on her door and get up onto the, get up onto the, the, the second story of, of her unit and, you know, pull a stunt, crawl out, you know, two stories up, crawl out on top of her balcony you know, hanging, hanging on for dear life onto, uh, you know, onto the, onto the wall. And there was nothing, there was nothing I could crawl across on. So it was, it was all or nothing. It was just, it was a matter of, of sort of grabbing onto the divide, standing up on top of the balcony rails and literally throwing myself sort of around the corner and hoping the momentum was enough to take me over to my balcony and then hoping that I had left the dang door open. So... Uh, so it, it became like this, it became like this, uh, it became like this insane sitcom adventure this last day to try and, uh, and, uh, and I finally got down to the theater and I walked into the room and I remember Mel broke out into the biggest laugh I've ever seen him, uh, have when I walked in with my beard and, and everything else. And I got the, uh, I got the role the next day. How amazing is that, though, to work with Mel Brooks? I mean, the guy, the guy's a, a legend. I mean, the guy is a genius. I mean, watching his, you know, I watch this stuff all my life. And it's, I mean, it must be, as an actor, it must just be something where you're like, wow, this guy is a legend. Oh, my God, yes. I mean, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a time in Hollywood that we will never see again. You know, the way that uh, the the way that they did things, the way that they the way that they made movies, the way that the way that they all interacted with each other is it will we'll never see that again. The, the greatest thing about that movie uh, was just sitting behind the cameras, finding a chair, shutting up and just listening to the stories. And everybody came down to visit that set from Sid Caesar to even Kevin Costner came down. But uh but all the uh, all the old guard came down to 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 say hi and hang out and see what uh, and see what was happening on set and it was really just it was it was one of the one of the best Hollywood experiences I've I've ever had being on that movie. Yeah, I mean the guy's a legend. So now, now good luck, Charlie. Now how did that how did that come about? Did you know? I mean, when your agents, you know, did you think you would be on a show that involved kids? I mean, it's like. When you sit there and you start your role, you think, okay, you're 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 the guy who got shot up in true right. romance. You know, you work with Mel Brooks and you've worked all these different roles, a biker, and now it's a you're it's a whole new market. You somewhat have to and kids are mean. Like if they don't like you, <laughs> you're gonna know it. Like if a kid watches shows, kids are kids are insanely honest, brutally yeah, honest. Exactly. So so I mean, did what did did your agent come up and say? Okay, I'm, I have this role for you to. I mean, how did the whole thing come up? You know, it was just it was it was another audition, but it was one of these auditions that I that I looked at and I saw it was a I saw it was a Disney Channel show. Um, and uh, you know, I'd I'd watched a lot of Disney Channel, you know, with my kids growing up and uh, I'd, I'd, I'd seen the sort of, you know, I'd seen the types that they hire for the dads. So I took a look at the sides and then I look at, took a long look at myself in the mirror and went, well, all right, so I'm not getting this, but 
you know, it's it's uh, the 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 sides were the sides were really funny and a lot of fun, and the sides all read like uh, like uh, you know like a like a lot of my favorite sitcoms. Um, so I said, well, I got I got nothing to lose. I'll just I'll just go in and 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 have fun. And it was one of the few auditions I've been to where I wasn't nervous at all because I didn't think I stood a hope in hell of of getting it. So I just I just wanted to go in and 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 have fun with the script because I really enjoyed the sides and reading the sides was like reading, I you know it, 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 reading the sides was like was like reading pages of my life in regards to uh, the way that uh, I was talking to my television kids and just what the situations were. It's like yeah, this is obviously this is written by this is written by parents. This is written by people who you know who know what the experience is. Uh, so I went in for the audition and just had a, just had a, had a blast, had one of the most fun auditions I've, uh, I've ever done and was, you know, very, very, very lucky to, uh, to become a part of that group. Now you get the show and now, as you said, you have a whole new fan base. Kid, right. Kids are going to recognize you. And as I've, I've had guests come on and say some of the stuff when kids have recognized them is not like when someone comes and says, Hey, you were in True Romance, or, right? Right, right. Now, what are some of the things that happened to you when kids have recognized you? And do they do they get intimidated because you're a big guy? Can they tell the difference between your? No, character? it's it's you know, I mean, you know, that television screen makes you insanely accessible. Like everybody feels, uh, especially the kids, uh, because they love the family and Good Luck Charlie so much, feel like you're part of the family and feel like you're, you know, I mean, a lot of kids get nervous, obviously, but as far as uh, as far as talking to you, um, yeah, they, they feel like they know you already. Um, so it's, uh, all the interaction, uh, with the fans from good luck, Charlie has been, uh, positive. It's been great. And like I say, I, it just, I've been stopped, uh, by just as many, if not more parents, um, who, who thanked us for, doing a show that they could watch with their kids and enjoy as much as their kids now what i mean that must be a great feeling i mean because when you sit there i mean do you get do you get emails about it too or stuff do people sit there i mean a parent because you're right parents don't have certain you can't really watch certain shows with your kids and it's like and you have the shows. it's a common guy like when we were growing up you know nowadays would would, would families let you know an eight-year-old or nine-year-old watch on the family probably not right or the Jeffersons, but we watched them all, and we yeah. and it was it was a it was a normal it was the right you know and it was like a birthright you watched the TV and you're right now it, it doesn't but I mean it's it's I mean do parents I mean have you gotten emails or anything from parents or parents just thank you I mean how, what what does what does someone say like just thank you for you know let me watch a show with my kids just thank or, yeah thank you thank you for being part of something I can share with my kids and um, you know I think. Uh, I think I've never been a fan of 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 talking down to kids or feeling like you got to dumb stuff down uh, for them. And uh, and I think when when our show was at its best, you know, we never that we you know we never did that. It was all uh, everything we did was uh, was completely relatable, uh, regardless of what your family situation was. We had uh, you know we had uh, we had the first lesbian couple on Disney Channel. You know we the, you know we've had single parents on and on 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 our show so it's uh, whatever your situation was growing up you could you could identify with it and i think kids enjoy that far more you know feeling like uh, feeling like they're they're in the know on something like they recognize something that's a part of their own life and i think it makes them feel uh you know i think it makes them feel far more connected to the show now now have you ever gotten mobbed by kids Oh yes, like, uh, yeah. No, I mean it. It yeah. No, there's been uh, like what's there, an example? Because someone told a story last week that it said it was crazy. Like everyone started noticing the football game, and next thing you know, all these kids are coming. I mean, have, what, was it at a public place where you? Got yeah, no, it, it happened. It it happened, and there's a there's there's a bunch of stories like this, but the but and they and they all sort of start the same. It all starts with one or two people like saying hi and stopping, and then somebody else sees. Well, who's signing that? Oh my God, it's Bob from Good Luck Charlie, and it just sort of it just it just spreads. And then the next thing you know, uh, there was one hotel I was at where the lineup was, you know, all the way around the lobby, past me, and all the way around again with people who just who lined up to just say hi and get an autograph and 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 get a picture. 
Now, how does he, I mean, that must be something that it's great that they recognize you, but it also must be sitting, you must sit there and go, because you want to be good with all your fans. When you see a line that long, you must be sitting there going, I just wanted to get some pie. You know, it's like, I, I mean, I, you know what? I'm, I'm weirdly fine with it because I think it's uh, obviously, you know, because it's obviously that kind of reaction that, you know, that, that gave us the show that we had. The only time it ever became an issue with me is when, uh, you know, you're trying to spend time like with my daughter who, uh, you know, who who reached a point where you know she was she was like done she was done with the attention you know she just you know there 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 were there were times that you know she just wanted to have a frozen yogurt with her dad and so uh uh but overall she was you know she was really good with the attention she was uh uh very understanding about it but you know there there were there were a lot of times that she just wanted to be one on one now we have a few minutes left what's it like when you go back from when you're on a roll on a show like that then going back to another role is it do you have to change your gears as an actor i mean cuz you're going from a family show to you know like- sometimes i think it just i think it i i think it just depends on what the situation is i think for me the process is uh process 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 is the same uh for you know, for every, for every role that I'm lucky enough to get. Um, so, uh, so anytime I take on something new, you're always starting from a very familiar base and then, and then building on that. But it, um, but yeah, you know, to go from, to go from a family show to, uh, you know, snapping the necks of guards and, uh, you know, in, in, in underground castle, hallways is uh tunnels is uh yeah i mean it's a it's uh it's it's in your head in your head it's a much different experience now what's coming up what can we see in coming up uh i've had uh i've done a handful of uh mike and molly's um hoping to go back and do uh some more of those and then uh and uh and right now just uh right now just uh christmas um uh, got a got a got a uh, couple of movies in the works, and you know I'm just uh, they're after all these years they're still foolish enough to hire me, so <laughs> I'm 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 very grateful and very happy for that. Do you put a lot of decorations up at Christmas? You know I used to I used to I used to be man that that run from Halloween to Christmas was like I had a garage full. I used to have a huge candy graveyard. I used to do up in the back with like monsters and smoke machines and everything else. And then, and then Thanksgiving and then into Christmas, it used to be, uh, you know, the, you know, the whole house would transform. It's the one memory that I carry with me from my mom that I, I cherish was that, uh, uh, come the holiday season, she really made, she really made the house change and become something else. And you felt that like as a kid. And that was something I always wanted to share with my children as well. But you know, no big lights this year, though. No, you know what? We've 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 as the kids have gotten older, we've we've decidedly scaled back, and Man. and now, of course, now you know, being a single dad, it's like, okay, so now the kids have got to spend time with their mom, and that. Whereas before, everybody would come to us. Now it's a question of, okay, who sees who when, and and timing and stuff. So. Uh, it's not uh, it's not quite the extravaganza that uh, that that we used to have. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Oh my God, yes, thank you no, so no, much. No, no, I know you tweet a lot. I I, I flagged you down on Twitter because <laughs> uh, uh, you had a goofy picture like me. What, right. uh, what what's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's at uh, Eric Allen Kramer, and I hate using my middle name, but there's an Eric Kramer that beat me in the union. And so, there's an Eric Kramer play for the uh, Lions. Oh, you know what? There, oh, there's a story we missed, but we're at it. We're out of time. But him and I, him and I, actually have a huge history because uh, they used to confuse us all the time in interviews. And he's the only quarterback that, up until last season, that uh, that got Detroit to the flipping playoffs. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. People follow him on Twitter. Go follow him because he tweets. You tweet a lot. Uh, yeah, everyone. It comes and yeah. goes and. And, and follow me on Twitter. It's at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk. Follow me. I tweet a lot. You know, I just like to tweet. Also, go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have over 450 episodes up there. You can also reach me, Cooper, at coopertalk.net. I will respond to your emails. Just tell me who you want to hear on the show. I'll try to get them. And uh, my new thing is if you have a uh, tablet, a Google tablet or an Android tablet or phone, Go to the Google Play Store. Type in one word, Cooper Talk. Just one word. Put it all together. And I have an app. It's free. 
has all my episodes. You can listen to me on the phone. Not like you want to. You can listen to me on your tablet. You can listen to me anytime, and it's great. And also, don't forget, Christmas is coming up. StopTheSalt.com. Go buy my low-sodium cookbook. It's 120 recipes. After I went through my health problem, I published a cookbook. So go to StopTheSalt.com and buy it. You can buy it at Amazon. You can buy it at Barnes & Noble. But at StopTheSalt.com, you, I make more money, and I will autograph it for you. So do that, and it's all about me making money, right? It's all about us making money, Eric. It's all anyway, about that, but why didn't we talk about your book? Uh, we'll talk about it. Anyway, right. people, I'm Steve Cooper. Money is hip as my guest. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. I'll be back next week, next week and I'll talk to you then.